Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 11 of the Holy Half Hour podcast. We are very happy that you have joined us today. But is not Kieran and Michael today. It is Michael and Michael's wife. Hello, wife. How are you today? Hello, hello. Hi. It's a very special day. You are filling in for Kieran, aren't you? Yes, it's big, big uh, seat to fill, but I'm hopefully not going to embarrass myself or my family during the next hour. <laughs> well, I'm your family, so if you embarrass me, then that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran has had a super busy week. As you know, coronavirus lockdown is kind of opening up here in the UK. Kieran's mentioned in a few previous episodes that he is getting married soon, which means it has been all, all engines go on visiting venues, meeting caterers, all that kind of cool, fun, exciting wedding stuff. So do pray for Kieran as he goes around organizing his wedding. But it means that he didn't have time, sadly, for the first time to do Holy Half Hour this week. But it does mean that we have an amazing, amazing guest host, my wife. Yeah, I mean, I was asked and then I said yes super excitedly and um but yeah I think wedding preparations are really important so I want to be there for Karen and his fiance while they're getting ready and uh see what this holy half hour podcast game is like absolutely well thanks for joining us and yeah Karen, if you're listening we wish you uh, all the best and we're praying for you we're excited for you and just to say, those of you who haven't heard the episode in which my wife was a special guest star, we did clarify that my wife desires to be called my wife. Isn't that right, wife? Yeah, I would like to stay anonymous as possible, um, only because, especially because if you've heard that last episode, I'm <laughs> attempting to do accents, which I thought I was a little bit better at. So um, the uh, the embarrassment level needs to stay a little bit lower than than my what I'm expecting. And don't worry, listeners, uh, it's not just in Holy Half Hour that she prefers to remain anonymous. That's all aspects of our life together. <laughs> Not true. Not true. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of fun to do today. I have organized a game for my wife. My wife has organized a game for me. Kieran and I challenge each other to memorize uh, some Bible verses. We're going to push that forward a week. Uh, so no challenge. I haven't forced my wife to memorize a scripture at the very last minute. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a conversation about relationship type stuff within the church. Great. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, well, let's get into it with some games. So, uh, Michael may have mentioned before on the podcast that I'm very, very competitive. And yes. um, when he and Kieran are playing the games, I'm always hoping that he will, that the game will be a little bit difficult for Michael and he won't win, but he <laughs> wins almost every single one of them. And uh, so the challenge for putting together a game that Michael would find challenging has been very hard. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so I, I thought he knows the Bible really well. He also knows like many worship songs. So there's lots of stuff he knows. So I was trying to think of what doesn't he know? What region would be unfamiliar for him? Cool. Yes. So um, I've had the privilege in my job of traveling many places um, in delivering education programs. And one of those places has been uh, Tagana on the continent of Africa. And um, what is really amazing about the African diaspora is how like uh, similar 
people from those places are, but also how unique. And um, I remember on my first trip to Accra, the capital city of Ghana, I um, was in the car and then I was noticing all these very like religious uh, shop names <laughs> of the of the various like uh, stores and shops in in the city of Accra, and um, I was told by my Ghanaian friends and colleagues like it's a, a very uh, normal thing in Ghana. Seventy one percent of the Ghanaian population is Christian, so they take their Christianity very very seriously, so seriously that they name their stores after them. Nice. Yes. 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 So. Michael is not as well-traveled as I. True. So I, I, I am exploiting the fact that he hasn't traveled that much, and I'm now going to be testing him on a game called Real Name of the Shop or Fake Name of the Shop <laughs> in Ghana. Um, it's a good, as a pithy name, very good. <laughs> I'm expecting no mercy at all, so uh, I fully expect to get zero out of five here. Is it five questions? It's five questions, yep. yeah. I mean, it's it's really lose-lose for Michael because if he wins, <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. And if he <laughs> loses, I'm also going to be surprised. Yep. Um, okay, so remember the game. Yep. Is real it a real shop? fake shop in Ghana. In Ghana. Okay. So, um, the first potential shop mm-hmm. name is the Answering God Enterprise. <laughs> is that a real shop name or is it a Answering fake shop God. name? The Answering God Enterprise. I'm wondering if it's like like the God who answers or like the enterprise itself answers God. Mm, I mean, these are very difficult questions. The Answering God Enterprise. So normally, when people first put together a game, okay. they start with okay. a re- with a with an answer that's correct to like ease in. Mm. But mm. I d- I think you're going to try and trip me up from the mm. outset because you're you're going no mercy. So I have no idea. It sounds very plausible. I'm going to guess though that you made it up trying to trip me up on the first question. So the answer you're giving is that it's a fake, fake. shop. <sighs> Already. This game is starting off exactly the way in which I wanted because it is the true name Aye. of the shop in Accra. It is the Answering God Enterprise. No more information is known about the Answering no. God Enterprise. You don't know what it sells. Don't know what it sells. I'm only assuming that it could be either a electronic store, a phone store. Don't oh, know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, be Answering God yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The next one, Christ the Almighty Plumbing. <laughs> Christ the Almighty Plumbing. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, I'm going to guess that that is a fake shop name. What? Why? Why? I don't know. There's nothing really to go on. I really genuinely think they could. None of these would surprise me. Christ the Almighty Plumbing. Christ um, the Almighty Plumbing, also located in Accra, would be very upset to hear that you think that's a fake name. <laughs> oh man. Not, At least it gives well. you a little bit more information than the uh, the answering God Enterprise. Because we know what they potentially do at the plumbing store of Christ yeah. the Almighty. You can take a good guess. Yeah. Holy water only. <laughs> Holy water only, of course. All right. Question three. Is it a real shop in um, Ghana or is it a fake shop that I've just created? Okay. I've got to get this one right. Otherwise, you know, there's no coming back. Jesus wept, but you don't have to. <laughs> Laundromat. Jesus wept, but you don't have to laundromat. Yeah. Because laundry makes people really sad and they cry when they have too much laundry to do. I'm going to go with fake because there's been two real ones and there has to be a fake one eventually. And that one is almost 
too funny. So I think that you made up a funny one and that that's one you made up. That's my guess. I mean, yeah, I I am. You're right. My <laughs> cleverness <laughs> has 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 torpedoed me. Absolutely. But yes, uh, Jesus Wept Laundromat is not a real store in Ghana. There is a store in Ghana called. <laughs> um, I saw online. Um, uh, baptize me laundromat. Nice. So this nice. was a variation of that. Could we go with uh, Jesus swept? Um, like hire a cleaner. That would be like a good cleaning firm. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus swept. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it exists somewhere. Um, okay. The next one is Psalm 23 catering. Psalm 23 catering. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want catering. Yes. <laughs> He makes me lie down by in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. His goodness restores my soul. You know this one, don't you? I thought I didn't have to memorize a, a verse this I'm just week. trying to think through Psalm 23 and if there's anything to do with food in it. Um, I can't really... Yeah, I don't the, know it well prepares enough. prepares a banquet. Ah, okay. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Mm. So my wife likes Psalm 23. It's one of her memory verses. And I, off the top of my head, couldn't remember if there was food stuff about it. So I'm going to say that she made this one up um, out, out of her deep knowledge of Psalm 23. But she's looking she's looking very happy about that. So. <laughs> looking very happy because, of course, it's not made up. But Psalm 23 catering is located in the eastern region of Ghana. Okay. Well, I just want to say that my wife made me cut out one of the questions that I got right. <laughs> so... <laughs> It should technically be 2-2, two, two, but she's so keen on beating me. She's made me cut out of the podcast one that I got right. So um, just just be aware of that as I we just go want into Karen the final to question. Take note. Karen, this is how you play the game, to <laughs> By win. Cheating. By cheating. To, to win. <laughs> By cheating. Okay, so this is the last one, right? This is the last one, although you cheated. Yes. Get behind me, Satan, hardware store. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, hardware store. Okay. I mean... You made this one up. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm I'm mad at myself for not going with another question. But yes, I did make this one up. It is there is no get behind me Satan hardware store. In fact, it's thank you, Jesus hardware store. Ah, mm. well, there yeah, you I go. flipped it. I flipped it. You flipped it on its head. Well, thank you, wife. I got three right and two wrong in the version you made me change. And I got three wrong and two right in this version, so uh, I guess I lose this time. Oh, darn. (laughs) It's like Karen always says, it's not about who wins or loses. It's about the journey. And for me, you losing was an incredible part of my journey. (laughs) Okay, wife. For my game this week, I have some board games. You know I like a board game. You really, really do. I yes. do. Um, there are some Christian versions of popular board games. And uh, I have five. Some of them you could really go out and buy or order online now. And some I made up out of my beautiful mind. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, your job is just to tell me whether you think it's a real Christian adaptation of a board game or a made-up-by-me Christian adaptation of a board game. So I'll give you the name, and I'll give you a short kind of synopsis of of the board game. Are you ready for the first one? Yeah. So the first one is Bibleopoly, as in a Bible version of Monopoly. 
And the synopsis says, This is a fun twist on the classic game of Monopoly you know and love. Instead of bankrupting other players, you have a community-centered goal to build a church instead. This family-friendly version focuses on giving rather than gaining wealth, and the game requires cooperation rather than competition. Well, it sounds exciting for some. (laughs) Uh, Do I think that is a real game out there or that you made it up? Bibleopoly. Bibleopoly. Um, (laughs) Sounds like you're excited to play it. (laughs) I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's a fake game. Okay. And would you play it if it were real? I definitely would not play this game <laughs> if it was real. <laughs> well, Bibleopoly is, in fact, a real game. Oh, so there goodness. you go. <laughs> Made by who? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Somebody out there. So, number two is Scrabble Bible Edition. Scrabble Bible Edition. I feel like I've seen this. This is like, okay. as an American, we have lots of... Bible editions Bible of editions of things. Well, let me tell you the synopsis that might give you a clue as to whether I made it up or not. Okay. If you like word games and appreciate the Bible, you'll love this game. Compared to the original Scrabble board game, the Bible edition has biblical symbols in place of bonus spaces. It allows you to score bonus points when you use inspirational words like cross, holy, servant, and love. And you can use proper names like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. No, we don't like we we don't we don't like symbols in America. No, uh, no. Um, geez, it felt like I've seen Scrabble Bible Edition. Maybe it was just like Family Feud Bible Edition. Mm. Okay, I'm going to, given the dynamic nature in which you read that description, <laughs> I'm going to say it is a Michael Trainer. Oh, you think game. I'm excited to read my own my yeah, own yeah, words yeah. that I wrote? Yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, that's hurtful and also wrong. <laughs> it's a real game. <laughs> it's a real game? game, yeah. Scrabble Bible. <laughs> Should have gone with your instinct there. I'm already not liking this game. <laughs> already not like. I now need to get every answer right. Now you know how I feel. And then if you do get the next one right, I'm going to change it. <laughs> and mean that you get it wrong. Incorrect, listeners. That is not what happened. <laughs> so number three, Bible Cluedo or Bible Clue in America. A great biblical take on the classic murder mystery board game. There's been a murder in Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. Can you solve this biblical whodunit? With biblical antagonists like Cain, Lamech, and Jezebel in place of Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, and Miss Scarlet, as well as a beautifully detailed board depicting the first holy temple, you will deepen your biblical knowledge while you sleuth for the truth. That was good. I want to believe that you wrote this synopsis. (laughs) Because I know you love Cluedo. I don't actually like Cluedo all that much. (laughs) I I mean, it happens all the time. I'm always like, I know you love this. And he's just like, no, I'm allergic. Actually. (laughs) I'm allergic to kiwi. I was like, ooh. Um, um, Biblical clue or Bible clue or Bible Cluedo. I always dislike when you and Karen do like game theory when you're just like, oh, you've done two mm, straight so far. But now so you far. know why we do that. Now you can't do the third one. That can't be a real one. And I'm just like, just get on with it. Like I say to Kieran, I'm crazy. I'll do anything. I mean, all of these could be real and all these could be made up. Who knows? I'm going to say, so it was Cain, Jezebel, and who else? Lamech? Lamech. I think they're like biblical murderers. Yeah. Okay. Dang it. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say real. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you write this synopsis? It's so I'm gonna be mad. I'm 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 mad. I did write it. Yes. Oh! <laughs> uh, you see, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> She's about to leave. <laughs> I'm walking out. <laughs> walking out like Russell Crowe in interviews. I'm leaving. Uh, that's funny. Well. Well, I've lost. There's no recovery from here. 
Well, let's keep going anyway. <laughs> Here's number three. Are you ready? This is number four. That's correct. Well done. Extra point. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the scoreboard. One point for scoreboard. me. Scoreboard. Yes. Corrected the Game Master. Okay. Number four is called Traps and Snares. It's a biblical-inspired version of Mousetrap. It says, this fun trap construction game is inspired by Mousetrap and Psalm 141, verse 9, which says, Keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me, and from the snares of those who do iniquity. Players must make their way around the board using dice and drawing action cards from a deck. If your action card causes you to sin, you'll have to add to the trap contraption. At the end of the game, you'll be will you be trapped in sin or free from those who do iniquity? Who is the um, producer of this game? Uh, none of, like, I don't know. Some of them, the artwork looks like it's, like the Scrabble one looks legit. Like it looks like, I think Hasbro do it in America and someone else is it here in the UK. But some of them, like the Monopoly one and some of these other ones, their artwork did not look quite so legit. So I don't know if they're knockoff Christian versions. And what is this game called? It's Traps and Snares. Traps so I don't think it's snares. infringing any copyright, but it's like inspired by most. I mean, if it was real, it looks like it's inspired by most trap. Traps and who is playing these games? <laughs> Ugh. Um, okay, I'm going to say are the are the next two points double? So well, more this is than number the four. first three points. This is number four. Yeah. So um, if it's going, if you're going to walk out, if they're not then let's say that, yes, the last question is worth five points. It's not that I need the points, listeners. It's just that I need to win. <laughs> um, the, okay. Errors. Traps and snares. Do you want me to read it again? No, 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 no. All right, I'm going <laughs> to no, say. No, please don't. <laughs> don't. don't. Uh, I'm going to say traps and snares. Going to have to rush you. Oh, real, real. Real. Okay. Traps and snares is, in fact, yes. made up by me. <laughs> Four wrongs so far, but don't worry. Because number five is worth five points. So you can win this one on this last question. But I'll know my We've heart had two real ones been. and two fake ones. So game theory is off the table. Could be anything. Are you ready? Traps and snares. How dare you? Fine. Operation Noah's Ark Edition. Operation Noah's How does that even make sense? I will tell you. This False. question. This Christian version of the classic operation is a fun way to teach preschoolers about Noah and the animals he brought onto the ark. It will have you and Noah scrambling to gather all the animals before the biggest rainstorm in the history of the world. Carefully pull out each animal from their designated slot with the tweezers. But watch out. If you touch the side, you'll hear the rumbling of thunder because the rain's coming. Yeah, I got it. I got it. You think it's false? Your instinct was to say false? Operation Noah's Ark Edition. Okay, I'm going. I'm going with false. I'm going. I'm going with false. Yeah. Would you play it if it was real? I never really liked Operation. As you know, I don't have delicate hands, <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely killed many a patient. Yeah. In Operation. Well, Operation Noah's Ark Edition is real. I'm afraid. Oh. I'm like zero for five. <laughs> well, it's difficult. You it. Know? Sitting in this seat now, you know how hard Kieran has it. Kieran, I empathize with you. <laughs> there are many pitfalls for churches in the way that they support people who are single, the way they support people who are um, newly engaged or searching for a partner and 
and marriages. I'm not saying that our church struggles with that. I'm just saying churches, broadly speaking, can have some uh, issues here. I just thought it might be interesting to maybe discuss some of the pitfalls and maybe, in our opinion, as a married couple who haven't been married that long, um, how churches might well support people in their romantic lives, really. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of conversation ground. Mm. And I was wondering, should we start with explaining a little bit about our own experience of relationships within church? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a traditional kind of Southern Baptist black church in America. And um, the emphasis always in the church was on families. So um, you would see husband and wife teams lead ministries. Uh, the events that we had were very family-orientated. Um, I was a part of a small family. I grew up with my grandparents. So it was my grandparents and I. And I remember even when I was really young feeling a bit on the outside of the kind of church community because my family life was, you know, it wasn't a nuclear family for se, per se. And so I've always, and I remember also there was a, um, a singles ministry that we had in our church. And uh, when we would do announcements and it'd be like, you know, family picnic, and then they would say like, oh, the singles ministries, they have an event come Thursday or Friday. And it'd, al- it'd always be greeted with like a little bit of a giggle. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so mm-hmm. funny, those singles in church. What are they doing? And uh, I remember as a young person that really shaped my opinion of church because I felt like there wasn't really a place for people who were who weren't a part of like traditional nuclear families or for single people and um, it's something that I've struggled with as I uh, have moved home or moved out of the home became an adult Christian um, uh, visited other churches or um, a member of church myself because I always I have a heart for people who feel a little bit on the outside mm. and um, and it's a good question because I, I don't know because you know you want to support people that you love in feeling the desires of their heart and some of those desires are finding a partner and starting a family but then you also don't want to overemphasize that desire because there's so many amazing Christian warriors like Paul who um, were single and there's benefits of being single in Christ. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a meaty, deep topic. Yeah, definitely. So from my perspective, I grew up in a Baptist church in Scotland and just I just don't remember there ever really being an emphasis on any relationship or teaching around relationships or and obviously anyone who's listening from that church, if you are. Hello. Um, and I'm, I'm, I could well be remembering incorrectly, but um also, even within the youth group, I remember when I was much older and I was starting to help at the youth group, then topics on relationships, how to be a couple as a Christian, those things were taught and it was discussed. But actually, by that time, the horse had already bolted for me. I was already in, you know, not such good relationships or struggling with, with sin and struggling with sexual temptation and, and going the wrong way long before I'd ever really received any teaching on relationships or teaching on the right way of doing things or how to, you know, live holy in that regard. So I think you can maybe have an overemphasis or you can have a complete just void mm. in which everyone has to find their own way, which can be a struggle. Um, so, yeah, that's our background. And I think it's also uh, fair to say that 
we got married a little bit older in the terms of, we don't want to tell everyone how old we are, but in terms of Christians. Oh, um, yeah, because some Christians get married at like 20. Mm -hmm. uh, we got married into our 30s. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So we have we have experience of being single in our 30s in church and, and what that's like and, and the kind of the the feelings of, of being pressurized or other people trying to set you up and, and praying for your singleness and praying for you to find a husband and and all those kind of things. I think the point that you made about um, uh, the teachings around relationships is a really interesting one because um, in my home church life, yes, there was an emphasis that being in a couple and being a part of a family was amazing and the best thing that you could do. But... These same people would also teach you about, as a teenager, about um, or talk to you about like uh, sex and um, what God says about sex. And what felt such, what was so hard about it was that it was almost like um, an easy thing for them to say because they, they didn't have to struggle with those experiences mm -hmm. themselves. And I always found um, uh, speakers who were into their 30s and still virgins, I found like those people the most interesting mm. because I felt like they um, could relate to whatever struggles I was having as a teenager mm. and thinking about sex at that time. And so, yeah, like um, there was never a, um, there was never t a teaching about how to be a relation, how to be in relationships. It was more about this is what you're striving for mm. by any means necessary. Mm. Um, and, in church is this nucleus that families um, come to. Mm, yeah, for sure. So how can a church or Christians themselves in isolation listening to this, what's the approach? What's the positive approach to the, the kind of whole romantic romance relationships sphere within the culture of the church? What, what are some kind of touchstone points we can come in i think one thing that we are that you're saying from what you're saying maybe the first thing we can draw out is that family life and married life shouldn't necessarily be set up as the aim mm. or the goal or or the best option right yeah i think it's because it's so it can be um alienating for mm. people that are um looking to love god and seek him and love other people because for you know we were i feel very blessed to have found you into my 30s and um that you know we can start a family together it's it's a blessing that's not always guaranteed yeah. and so to to put it as something that is the pinnacle mm. sometimes it's just out of reach of people so yeah i think whilst of course we want to build a church family that doesn't necessarily mean biologically. Yeah. And I think the people that I love um, or ha I have loved in church have been church people who aren't in my family. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So I think one thing that occurs to me is when we're talking about all of this subject and, and having had these conversations with people is that if the, if the first thing is let's not set marriage and family up as the end the end goal obviously christ likeness is the end goal yeah. jesus is the goal um then second is also to realize that relationships is or can can be a very painful subject mm. that is very different for every person like just like everyone's experience is different everyone's experience of relationships and everyone's um emotional you know just the how they 
engage with that subject is different for everyone. Um, so for one person, they might be single, they might be a little bit older, and they might be totally fine with that. And for someone else, it's extremely painful. Mm. And we need to be very sensitive in church and with our Christian brothers and sisters. And same with marriage, it's not just about singleness. Someone might be extremely happily married. Someone might be very unhappily married. Someone might have been thinking marriage is going to be the be all and end all. They get married and actually they find that it's extremely difficult and hard work. Mm. They might not be in a good place. So teaching on singleness, teaching on marriage, teaching on family, teaching on children, all this kind of stuff, whilst could be valuable, it's also a very sensitive subject, isn't it? Yeah, I think that second point, like, you know, treat people um, single or married with sensitivities is really important because, um, you know, I have some friends who want you to set them up uh, or who want to talk about their relationships all the time. And then I have other friends who are quite private, um, like me, who don't want to go into every detail. Mm. And um, I think with we're all unique as individuals, right? So there's ways in which you can show someone love and conversations you can have that allow people to... Um, to show you how they want to talk about their personal lives, mm. and so yeah, I would uh, I would always hesitate hesitate against going up to someone who's single and being like, "Have you seen the other single guy in church, mm. like, or the this yeah. other single person in church? Why don't you guys get together?" Um, or just to talk about their marriage openly because that's also um, not fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one thing that we discussed just before we started recording was. Perhaps uh, another touchstone might be to try to normalize support, mm, yeah. um, to normalize support for relationships, to normalize support for people who are about to be married, to normalize support for people who are grieving relationships or breakdown of relationships or singleness or whatever, but um, to normalize the kind of formal Christian support. So one thing I feel our church does really well is there's a whole host of pre-marriage courses, marriage courses, divorce, post-divorce courses, you know, all these different courses, and those are great, but also to kind of say, to normalize that relationships aren't easy, and singleness isn't easy, and also, like, it's okay to get support outside of the church as well. Yeah. I think normalizing pain in your Christian walk is an important part of understanding um, what life is like as a Christian, mm -hmm. especially in America, you know, the prosperity gospel is real and the idea of any pain is um, always suppressed. Yeah. And I think there will be times of struggle and, you know, the, the Bible talks about this quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then relationship is like, relationships are like the final taboo because this, when, when you, when you prioritize or idealize, um, a marriage or having children, you then want to keep up the facade that it is perfect. Mm. Um, and you don't want to talk about the times when it isn't perfect. And um, I have found uh, the, the most helpful um, uh, support that we've received in our, in our marriage or I've received in our marriage is when people are real with you about mm. the challenges that you face and the ups and downs that you have as a married couple. But, you know, obviously keeping Christ at the center is is an important part of having a, a healthy and fulfilled marriage. It's just 
you won't it just won't be jokes and fun all the time and so yes we in our marriage and we've only been married um, almost four years now we've had um, we've utilized getting Christian counseling and reading Christian marriage books because it's like anything else it's like keeping healthy or um, keeping your brain sharp and losing all of the questions to previous quizzes it is <laughs> you, you got to work at it and I have learned I, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm working at my marriage because it is something that is important to me yeah absolutely so we are not setting up certain a certain relationship status as the ideal we are being sensitive and understanding that everyone is an individual with an individual experience and that we have to be careful and loving in the way that we discuss the subject we are normalizing that it's difficult wherever you are and we want to support people. We want to be pastoral, we want to be loving. Is there anything else you would add in how Christians should best respond and support others in their romantic relationships uh, or churches in general? I was going to say just like love people, but then um, as oftentimes ha it happens, something my grandmother has said to me pops up, which is go to people get advice and get support from people who've been doing it a long time um, to to really get perspective because there'll be times where I'll call my grandmother and be like something something Michael something and then she'll say that is just marriage and I think that perspective is really helpful and useful and so uh, with all of this with marriage with just you know Christianity in general like Make sure the people that you're getting advice from and the people that you're giving advice to, or mostly from, uh, make sure the people that you're getting advice from are trusted and rooted in Christ. Mm. Because I think that's a, a dangerous um, off-road to get advice from uh, people who don't have Christ-centered goals um, as their focus. And mm. so that can then um, skew what you do as a result of the information that you're given. Mm, definitely. So what about you, honey? Any other thoughts? I think I would say that I would desire that relationships would be the same as almost any other thing in church. And that, yes, we we don't idolize them. We are sensitive to people's hurts. We are supporting each other. That re a really important thing you said, that we are going to people who are wise and rooted in the Bible for teaching and rooted in Christ. But for me, I think the last thing is just, you know, I would desire that we not be silent about it. You know, mental health issues within the church, you know, issues with, with sin, issues with struggles, issues with challenges. We're all too often silent about it. It doesn't mean we have to, you know, get up during prayer ministry, take the mic and go on stage and say, hey, everyone, I'm really struggling. I want the whole church to know. But speaking to your friends. If you don't have good friends, then seek them out. You know, I think that's, like you said, the church is a family. And even if you don't know someone very well, or if you know no one very well, it would only take, you know, approaching leadership team or approaching the rector and, and just saying, you know, I'm really struggling. Is there anyone who can pray for me? Anyone who can speak to me? Anyone who can advise me? Yeah. So I think it can be a difficult subject and it can be a challenging thing in our lives. Uh, but when we bring light into any situation, it's so much easier to deal with, so much easier to cope with. And we're here as a family to do fellowship, to support one another, to love one another. And actually, that will go a long way to mitigating some of the pain we feel. You know, yes, we know that many people desire to have a relationship and many people desire um, 
like Adam did, to have a companion. Some people, they're happy being single. Either way, if you are single and you're not happy, or if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, or if you're in a marriage which is unhappy, feeling supported and loved by a larger family and having people to speak to will be a huge support to, to everyone, really. So yeah, I think that's my, my final thing is just, you know, bring, bring light into any situation. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts on uh, the, 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 the very tricky conversation around relationships. It's uh, really, really valuable. So appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And um, I had I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great time. Despite my zero for five quiz round, I will just have to think of ways in which I can win some competitions this week. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I know you guys will all be keen to have Kieran back. And uh, so we're just hoping that he and his fiance have a great week and uh, he'll be back with Michael in podcasts to come. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, wife. It's been a pleasure. And if you would like to tell us just how fantastic a job my wife has done <laughs> in this standard episode, you can email us hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. Um, we've been seeing an uh, increase in downloads and podcast downloads and that's been fantastic thank you so much for listening and downloading just wanted to say that you can help us to get more listeners if you leave us a review on apple podcasts if you download if you suggest to our friends all that stuff is really helpful and we really appreciate it uh, so thank you so much to those who have done that and thank you because i know that that's exactly what you're about to do you're just going to open up your device go onto your podcast app and just leave us a review and it's going to be five stars it's going to be wonderful <laughs> you know tell us how great my wife was wow i mean that that's fair that's a that's a fair challenge <laughs> bye everyone goodbye information break my enemies are not god's stores my enemies are not god's stores mm-hmm. i mean that just i don't know about that i don't know about the theology of that <laughs> wait, wait, let me do another one. Let me do another one. That one was real. Yeah, that one was real. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to get that. So, I mean, come on now. Well, that's just harsh. <laughs> let me do I was going to get that one right because I knew that you wouldn't have made up one that didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I get one right, you're just like, that one doesn't count. Let's do it. This another is how one. I play games, guys. I play to win in <laughs> by any means necessary. Information break. <laughs>